Hi, I'm Colleen. And I'm Mary-Kate. And you're listening to Twinteresting. Hello, everyone. We're coming at you live from I-71 North. Oh, God. <laughs> On our way to Columbus. Woo! So where are we coming from? I feel like you need to start with what we've been up to. Well, um, so for those of you that follow us real closely, we're from Ohio, right? <laughs> so we drove all the way to Nashville on Friday for an Enneagram conference, and then today we are driving all the way back from Nashville. Yes. So today is Sunday, um, currently 6 o'clock, 6.51, so almost 7 p.m. And yeah, we've spent the last two days in Nashville and headed back to Ohio. Yes. And I, I have never been so sleep deprived in my life, to be honest with you. So today I feel pretty awake. Um, I'm currently driving. But yeah, the last two days were like a whirlwind because I was like very much not getting the sleep that I required. Because yeah. you lose an hour, there's an hour time difference between Ohio and Tennessee. Yeah. So fun fact for you. Yeah, so going down there, uh, we gained an hour of time, so it took it felt like a long time to get to our destination mm-hmm. because the clock had moved back in time. Now it feels like we're headed home pretty quickly because we've moved forward an hour, but... We've still been in the car for 12 hours, eternity, I feel like, so... Yes, we also need to review Mary-Kate's concepts of time, <laughs> but yes, we didn't get very much sleep. That part is true. Uh, yeah. Some of it felt like an out-of-body experience. But anyway, let's talk about um, the topic of our conference, yeah, which was the Enneagram. Right. So um, for those of you, again, who follow us, you probably know that I am an Enneagram coach. And so what that means is that back in the fall, I went through a certification process with um, your Enneagram coach, uh, who is Beth McCord on Instagram and has social media presence, website. Um, You can totally look her up. But she is my coach and my mentor, and so she trained me on how to be an Enneagram coach and really appreciated that um, meeting her and and having her do that for me. So this weekend was an opportunity to go support her because she was doing her first kind of live event with Marilyn Van Seal, who is also an Enneagram coach and an author of a book called Self to Lose, Self to Find. Both of them, Beth and Marilyn, do um, Enneagram coaching from a biblical perspective. So I had read Marilyn's book. I'd worked with Beth. We had this opportunity to go to the conference in Nashville. Um, It was so great to connect with them in person um, and really just be surrounded by other people who love Jesus and love the Enneagram and kind of just get to do life with them this weekend. Uh, We made a lot of new friends, I think, so that's exciting. Yes, and one dog named Derby. (laughs) Derby. He It's hard to describe what he was like except that he, he always was, wanted to be touching you? No, I was going to say, he was a great dog. Like, I've met some dogs that want to be touching you and, like, won't give up. But Derby was, like, once he knew that you were going to keep petting him, he was fine. He was, yeah. like, fine to just sit and, like, let you keep petting him. So That's true. Yeah, yeah I like Derby a lot. Mm-hmm. So we like to integrate some pet interactions as well as right. people interactions. Yeah, there's no Minho in this episode, which is right. super sad for us. Except his doppelganger, which we found out was... Um, <laughs> A ceramic vase in the corner of the room where we were staying. Uh, Did we take a photo of it? No, we didn't take any I, pictures. This vase looked like our it cat, like guys. Cat yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Both of us had these, like, second glance. What? Why is the cat in the room? Oh, it's just a vase. Yeah. yeah. 
So uh, feel free to let us know if you've ever confused your pet for an inanimate object. Right. We'll try and find a photo of this particular vase and post it to our Tumblr page so that you can, next to a photo of our cat, so you can really see the similarity. Yeah. But we do have a Tumblr page if you're just listening in on this episode. Um, you can find us at twinteresting.tumblr.com. Yes, absolutely. I feel we should probably let our friends know what the Enneagram is. Oh yeah, so <laughs> um, the Enneagram is a personality tool to help you be your best self. So if you're familiar with the Myers-Briggs, if you're familiar with Strength Finders and DISC, um, those are really great tools for telling you what you do, but they don't really get to the heart of why you do what you do. And so the Enneagram is this amazing tool, it's an amazing resource that helps you understand why you do what you do so that you can be your best self. Um, it wants to help you get free from kind of the confines and the, the box of your personality and help you get outside that box of what your personality would tell you, well, this is how we need to operate in order to survive in the world. It helps you see that that's kind of a false message and a false self and really break free from that. Um, so I love working with people to help them understand their Enneagram type because there are nine different personality types. Um, and once they find their type, once we figure out what type they are as their primary, we're able to really work through what that looks like for them in their everyday life. So for example, um, there are certain types that have been told, like the message that they believe subconsciously is that their presence doesn't matter. And so when you recognize, you know, this is that person's type, and then they recognize that's the message that they've believed their whole life is that their presence doesn't matter you're really able to speak into that and say, you know, your presence does matter. Like you were put on this earth for a reason and you have everything within you that you need to go be productive and successful. And like, you've got people rooting for you and supporting you. Um, so yeah, it's just really cool. Like the, this weekend, Beth and Marilyn, you know, they're type nine. And so that's the type nine message is that their presence doesn't matter. And it was so fun to see these two women One's written a book and one has created like this very successful business, like fully living into who they were created to be because they stopped believing the lie that their presence didn't matter. It's something that we are finding really helps us in our own sibling dynamic as well. I think now that we know where each other is coming from, we are able to use a common language when yeah. we speak to each other. Absolutely. Um, for example, if I feel like I need to be as helpful as I can be to make sure that everyone likes me, and Mary-Kate comes from a place of wanting to ensure security, and so she does whatever it takes to make our home or herself or her business feel as secure right. as possible. And we're coming from two different places of like how we process the world, so I'm processing everything that we encounter through a very logical thinking orientation and Colleen processes it through a, a feeling heart orientation. And just even that small difference, you know, like realizing that we both just, we're, we're taking in information in two different ways. Um, it's really just helped us have compassion for each other and understand each yeah, other better. Absolutely. And we can speak into each other's fears more. Because right. we know ultimately an outburst or an argument can be linked back to that core fear creeping mm -hmm. in. And so, like, at the conference this weekend, one of the things that they gave, uh, like, one of the pieces of information is that for the heart triad, so that's Enneagram language for the three numbers that are all part of this kind of feeling orientation, um, which is numbers two, three, and four, you really need to reassure them multiple times that that relational aspect that you have with them is not been 
damaged in any way or that they're like any sort of shame they may be feeling you know you have to tell them three times like you don't need to be ashamed right now and that's something that even in Colleen and I's own life like I I work with the Enneagram I've been coaching people and doing this for a while now um I was like wow that's so helpful and for me as a sister to Colleen to, to know that about her that I need to be able to stick with her and like to tell her three times not just to say it once and be like okay like I told you that we're good you know move on um because for me being in the the head triad as a six um they actually said at the conference they're like you know if you tell a six something more than once then we begin we become suspicious we're like why why are you reassuring me multiple times like just tell me once yeah and so even in that like small little scenario I was like that's gonna make such a difference in our dynamic from now on because I will know that Colleen needs to hear it multiple times, even if she doesn't know that's what she needs. And Colleen knows, like, if I were to tell Mary-Kate three times, like, oh, hey, I love you. Like, it's okay. I'd be like, I believed you the first yeah. time. Like, why are you telling me again? More false each time. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, you know, I've had people ask me, like, how do you use the Enneagram in your everyday life? And so absolutely, I think our relationship, um, living together as twin sisters... So we've been together for 25 years. You know, that's a pretty long time to be with someone. But um, definitely we use it every day in our relationship just to have that shared language, lingo, to communicate with each other. So like in the morning, we both get the Enneagram Institute's Any A Thought for the Day. So we get type two and type six, both of them. And so I can read hers, she can read mine. And we kind of converse about that over coffee in the morning. Like, you know, oh, what did you think of your Any A Thought? Some days we're like, oh, yeah, like, that was a really good one. I feel really, like, empowered to go be my best self. And then other days we're like, I didn't like that. <laughs> Did you like that? I didn't yeah. like that. Because yeah. it like, it'll hit close to home as to, like, a real struggle for our types. So it's great to even be aware of, like, the other person's struggle as well. So, Colleen, what do you, how do you use the Enneagram on your day-to-day life? Since I work with so many students, a lot of teachers of the Enneagram advise not to apply the Enneagram to younger people because you're still in development, you're still maybe using your personality as a tool of survival, so it's not very good to introduce another tool that would remove that personality because they're still developing, but it's mainly for my myself and how I interact with others, like my co-workers and fellow teachers, and also then how I can gauge my responses to my students. Because I think when, especially when you work in jobs that involve a lot of different interactions with a lot of different types of people, you have to be very vigilant in how your mood and your energy level and your emotional level are all, like how those tanks are staying filled or not. So what's like a specific example of how you see knowing your Enneagram number, like your orientation? Um, Because, you know, your Enneagram type doesn't define who you are as a person, but, like, it's your orientation. How do you see that showing up in your everyday life? Well, for me, it would be waiting for someone to ask for help versus me trying to give it. Because, intuitively, I'm looking for people to help. And while part of my job description is to help students um, with their homework and studying, etc. Knowing when to engage them in help and when to wait for them to say, Miss Browning, would you help me with this? really makes a difference because it takes the responsibility I guess you could say or that intuition off of me to be like this this hero figure and really puts the onus on the student 
um, to make themselves aware if they need help or not. Do you mind describing for our listeners just what your Enneagram type is? So I'm a two. Um, they're also known as the helper. The helper is very others focused in terms of kind of reading a room of people, reading a group and gauging if they have any needs. But often the helper, him or herself, will not know individual needs, their own needs, yeah. because <laughs> they're they're so focused on making sure everyone else's needs are met. So it can be tricky to be a two and be in the education environment because we are very others focused in that regard. But to stay emotionally healthy and able to help others, I think we have to set up those boundaries. What does a two look like when it's not emotionally healthy? Very controlling, <laughs> um, very, very frustrated by unreceptive students. I've had many days and periods of this, just even in the last school year, of thinking that student behavior was completely my responsibility. And like, if I could just help the snot out of them, then they would, they'd be fine. And at the end of the day, if a student doesn't want help, they don't want help. And it's not on me to burn myself out emotionally, trying to manipulate and control people into wanting me as their teacher. So what is like one thing you learned this weekend or like picked up that you has been like helpful to you as a two that you think would be helpful to other people who may identify as a type two? Um, if you do come from a faith background, you may have been told that it's selfish to think of yourself in any capacity. And I want to encourage you as a two that health begins to look like you taking time to gauge your own needs because by you doing that, you can become healthy enough and put your own oxygen mask on in order to then be able to help others. So I would encourage you fellow twos out there, the first step to helping is helping yourself. Amen.